have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Danika, and today we are going to be talking about the other way. But before we do, we of course have some hot cause, and we also have memes. So, we only have one thing right now to discuss with Hawkeyes, and that is potential of who we might see on Perfect Match Season 2. So, apparently, there is a fan theory that Irina and Micah from the last season of Love is Blind, Season 4, I believe, will potentially be on the perfect match. Oh no. Now, although this hasn't been confirmed, I can see it. I can see that definitely being a possibility. And there is also rumors that we might also see Marshall and Justin, who, if you don't know, Justin was not on Love is Blind, but he was a contestant on Bachelorette. He was on Michelle's season, and he was also on the last season of Bachelor in Paradise. Him and Marshall are cousins. So we're kind of seeing a little bit of a difference with this season, if that is the case, because my understanding with Perfect Match is that it's people from the Netflix universe. Justin is not a part of that. So I guess we'll see what happens. I do understand that Marshall's now seeing somebody, but Justin is still single. So thinking that maybe the cousins are going to go on and Marshall's going to be a support. 
But then why is Justin there at all? He does go back on Bachelor in Paradise. But we clearly want to make this a thing because it's, I guess, a thing. That's it for the hot cause for this episode. Now let's go on to the memes. So, meme number one. There is no way this woman is clairvoyant, empath, and hating India, one of the most spiritual places in the world. She's just a hypocrite. I did find it quite interesting that she actually said she hates India. It's kind of strong. And that is it for the memes. We do have a couple more that will, of course, be posted to our socials. So let's get into the reason that we are here. Season five, episode six, who's the bossiest? I hate it here anyway. So first we're going to talk about Holly and Wayne. So we are right back where we left off in the store, Holly crying. And she says that to her mother, because if you remember, she asked her mom to come in and into the change room. And she says I, that he had said that I look like a prostitute. And her mom actually excuses, not excuses, but makes an excuse for him in this moment. And says that he just used the word, but he didn't mean it. Maybe he didn't mean it, but in in the sense of calling her a prostitute, but he definitely meant that people are going to think she looks like a prostitute. But, um, she does come back out and he immediately hugs her and he apologizes and says he didn't mean it like that at all. She says it was humiliating. And he says that he wasn't really trying to humiliate her and just trying to explain, like, this is how South Africans would portray her. He says, like, it would just come to mind if they saw her dressed the way she does. And um, he just wouldn't forgive himself if something were to happen to her while she's there. And I get it. I understand what he is saying, but maybe there is a different way you could have explained that. He tells her that she doesn't have to change all at once. She can do in moderation. And he says, for now, just wear what you are comfortable wearing. In the next scene, we see them driving. It's at night. And he is taking her to a defense class. And he does acknowledge in his in the moment that he screwed up. Um, But he does say, you know what, though? Let's discuss how she dresses until after we get married when she's trapped and she has to listen to what I say, basically, was how I interpreted what he said in that moment. 
she has never done self-defense classes before. And I think like, I definitely keep thinking about the fact that I would love to get back into doing self-defense classes. I actually was fortunate in my high school in grade nine, we did self-defense classes and my class that in that particular year, at least was the only class that actually got self-defense classes. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I think it's definitely something that everyone should, should have. So the instructor demonstrates basically how you would get out of a chokehold and she does it. She, she kind of slips the first time that she does it, but then she eventually gets the hang of it and she does it over and over and over again. But I said, you know, when all else fails, you'll say it with me. Just remember to sing. S-I-N-G. If you know, you know. She, um, she does think that this is very cool. <laughs> it's cool now, but not when you're in the moment. Um, Wayne is very impressed that she is able to throw this big guy around because she's so tiny. And she's like, you know, I want to be able to go out jogging at night. And I said, jogging at night? I mean, yes, I feel like every person should be able to jog at night and not worry about being attacked. But unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. It's just not. I am the person who listens to Morbid. I don't know who listens to Morbid, but one of the very first things they would say, fresh air is for dead people. And I'm not, I'm not a dead person. I stay indoors. Anyway, and she asks him like when she would be able to go out on her own. And this is kind of in their interview. And he says, you know, maybe in six months to a year, he would, and I quote, let her out of the cage. Okay. So they will all remember in the beginning of this season where she talked to us about Rapunzel. We all remember Rapunzel was locked up in a castle, correct? So she is kind of like Rapunzel with really shitty hair. (laughs) Being trapped in a quote-unquote castle by her future husband. This is not a fairy tale. This is real life. Anyway, in the next scene, we see the men. She is wearing this really nice blue dress. I thought she looked very pretty. And he says she also looks very pretty. And she says she's definitely struggling with the load shedding. And she tells him that she booked some places for them to look at in order to move. And she did this without telling him. And she 
doesn't think she will feel like South Africa is home for her as long as she's living in the current home. So he is not happy with the fact that she kind of did this without talking to him first. And she compares being in this house to a horror movie because she can hear all of these noises and sounds and it's freaking her out. Now, it's probably not a horror movie, but just really serious anxiety because you have witnessed a break-in. He says, you know, I spent a lot of money on this house between the security measures, the pool, and all these things he says he spent so much money on. And he says that you just went ahead and booked these places behind my back. And he says that when she, in his in the moment, says that when she was there the first time, his business was doing really well. Um, But since then, he has lost his biggest client. He says that with this client, he would get like eight to nine jobs a day. So clearly, he's no longer having that. He says that she knows about this to a certain extent. I don't know what that means. And she then says to him, like, because he's saying, you know, it's just, it's expensive to be moving like that. And she says, well, I come from a country that is safe. And I said, you come from a country that is safe? Says who? Like, ma'am, the 70s in the States, it's amazing that people survived. Okay, that's the 70s. The 80s weren't much better. You had serial killer after serial killer come out of the States more than I feel like. I think, like, if you think serial killer, you think a lot of them at American. And hell, Canada has their fair share, obviously. But I'm just like, your country isn't safe. Maybe it's safer in comparison to Joe Burke, depending on where you are in the country. But it's not, I want to consider America safer than South Africa, or even South Africa safer than America. I feel like it's just the same. And I said, the fact that you think that your country is safer is mind-boggling. I'm like, what are you talking about? America is far, far from safe. Anyway, she actually says, like a psycho, that she enjoyed being able to go jogging at night in a graveyard. And I said, it is amazing that you are alive to tell the story. 
because I feel like, no, no. First of all, number one, why do you have to go jogging in a graveyard? The dead people do not ask for you to jog in their space. They just want to live their afterlife in peace, okay? Not to mention, you just need one person to know your routine. And then wait for you to go into that graveyard. And you're a goner. I... Anyway. Um... He does say to her that gated community is not always safe. And she actually wants to challenge him and say, that's not true. And I said, ma'am, how would you know? You don't know any different. Just because you think a gated community might be safer doesn't necessarily mean that it's foolproof. Maybe in the grand scheme of things, yes, it's probably safer than not being in a gated community, but it's not foolproof. You're not guaranteed to live a safe life because you're in a gated community. Like, and then that's that besides that, you want to challenge the man who is born and raised and lives in the country, and you just showed up. Like, that's like, again, me challenging my boyfriend who was born and raised in South Africa. Who am I? I'm no one when it comes to that. He knows more than I do. Just like Wayne knows more than she does. So I was like, what do you mean? No, that's not true. How do you know? You don't know the difference. Anyway. He explains to her that he had a friend who basically got shot in the neck while in a gated community. So there you go. She says, like, I just don't understand how things work when it comes to, like, the finances because you haven't told me. And like a gaslighter in its true form, says to her, well, maybe you should have figured that out before you decided to marry me. And I say, Wayne, maybe you could have offered. Maybe you could have said, you know what? Let's talk about finances so you understand. Instead of you proposed to her and then you want to turn it back around on her. And it's even worse because he knows the reason why he can't afford it. As we kind of see later on in the next time on, he's done some stupid shit that makes him not have money right now. But then you want to gaslight her into the reasons why, oh, you should have found out before you married me. That's null and void because you spent $40,000 into crypto. As again, as we see the next time on, that's so fucked up. You want to blame her for not being prepared. Anyway, that's it for Wayne and 
Holly this week. So next we are with Armando and Kenny. So we see them going to a fertility clinic. And Kenny talks, you know, about how difficult this is, obviously, about whether or not he should be doing this. And talks about, you know, the different ages that he would be at, depending on the child's age. He says, you know, when they're in kindergarten, I'll be 66. And when they graduate high school, I'll be 79. And, um, you know, maybe I'll be in my 80s when they decide to get married. You know, kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. So the clinic tells us that they haven't opened for seven years. And they have worked with some with with same sex couples before, so they have that experience. And they have had over eighty babies, and uh, that's I guess that's good. I guess seven years. I don't know. <laughs> so they say that the surrogates they're all Mexican, but that the egg donors come from all over the all over the globe, Germany, America, doesn't matter everywhere. Um, but they say that they do the egg retrieval in clinic. So these people travel to this clinic and do it there. So this whole process, and I think this is US as is any US dollars, which whoa. <laughs> it's cost seventy-two thousand dollars. $72,000. And I said, oh God. Oh my, wow. But this woman tells us that this is more economically sound than somewhere else in, in the world. And I said, $72,000 is economical? Or more economical than some rules. What the hell are other places charging? Lord. So they say that the process could be about a year to about a year and a half. So it's a fast process. So they leave the clinic and they go to a coffee shop in order to, to discuss everything. And Armando is just over the moon about everything he was sold. And he definitely wants to do this. Kenny is definitely still going back and forth as he's been for a few years now. He says that it's a lot. And he says, while crying to Armando, that he thinks he is too old to be doing this. He just doesn't know if this is the right thing to be doing. He says that age is a factor. And Kenny worries about how long he has left with this child. And he says, I would probably not see their children. Which is sad for the mere fact that his older children get the joy of him knowing his grandchildren. This child is 
you know, this hypothetical child may not have that. So, and hell, even Hannah might be able to have that. And this child may not, like, we've definitely discussed this before. And, um, this, this, this child is not going to have the same things that the other children have had. So he says again that he would feel comfortable with adopting an older child. And if we remember from a previous season, they did look into this and the process takes about four years or probably more because I'm pretty sure that the woman said that it was four years for a traditional couple. So, well, quote unquote, traditional couple, man and woman. So for a same sex relationship, it was probably going to take a lot longer. Armando, he's frustrated. And um, Armando says that he really only entertained the idea of them doing um, the surrogate route is because he really loves Kenny as a dad and he wanted to be able to experience that together. And I say, okay, I, I hear you that you think that you love him as a father, but enjoy that then with Hannah. You have to remember, and again, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but you are married to a man who is 30 years your senior almost. You can't, you're, you just cannot be afforded the same things with him that maybe you could have had with someone else, but you chose him, you chose each other. So you then have to deal with what you have. You have puppies and you have Hannah. Why do you need another one? And I know Armando made this comment pre- in a previous season that he wants to have a piece of Kenny when Kenny's no longer alive. But Kenny is thinking about it from the realistic standpoint of it's not just about you, though. It's also about this child who's going to lose out on having me in their life physically. So Kenny doesn't have an answer for him today. And he asks Armando to respect that he just doesn't have an answer right now. And he kind of says, like, this is not like we're picking a vacation spot. And Armando thinks that this is unfair because he feels like he has definitely been respecting Kenny throughout all of this. And he gets up and he walks out and he's crying. And Armando says that he feels like he's being misled by Kenny. Huh? And we do see Kenny getting up, kind of trying to find Armando. And Armando kind of says before Kenny gets to him, saying like he feels very heartbroken, that Kenny feels that he's pressuring him. Um, so they both kind of walk away in order to talk and they hug and Kenny says that if you or Armando says that if you don't want to do this then just say no that you don't want to do it and Kenny says that he is not misleading him he's just unsure 
And he says that, you know, you don't have to, you know, make a decision right now. He's not saying yes or no yet. But I do think that Kenny deep down maybe would, I think in a heartbeat would have done this if he was 50, 100%. I think he would have definitely done any struggling with that because they were very serious about doing this, the adoption, if it was a possibility. But I don't think he wants to have a baby. And I do think he's struggling with telling Armando that. But I think, like, you just have to rip that bandaid off and just tell him how you feel. That's it for Kenny and Armando for this week. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop, where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things. You can do all of this by going to Love Shop, and you can use our unique coupon code, REALITYT2, to get 10% on anything your hearts desire. So that's loveshop.ca, L-O-V-E-S-H-O-P dot C-A, and use our unique coupon code, REALITY2, that's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A, and the number two. So next, we're with Kirsten and Julio. So it's homebound time for Kirsten. And they get in the car and they kiss. And he complains that that's not a real kiss. She gives him another one and says, give me the Wi-Fi. <laughs> and again, he says that he's still questioning things. What else is new? And he tells her that he is happy that she was there and that she got to experience how he lives. And he says that they have to fix the fact that they fight a lot. And I said, again, that's your fault. You started this because you're, we all know this already. So he says that they have differences and he hopes that they can take these three months away from each other to come up with a solution to fix the fights that they are having. And I said again, the only thing that fixes it is, well, I don't know, Julio, sticking to the plan. And you're not sticking to the plan. You're swaying away from it. He then asks when they are going to start looking for apartments in the Netherlands. And she says, you mean I when I will be looking. And they started fighting now about, you know, 
looking for apartments and who's on FaceTime when and this and that. And I said, this is fucking ridiculous. Um, so I'm not even going to talk more about it than what I just said. So they make it to the airport and he thinks that her, he thanks her for coming. And she says, it was good meeting, you know, your family and your friends. And she says, so I'll see you in three months. And he says, yes. And she says, you swear. And they pinky promise that he'll be there in three months. And she says, you know, despite all of the arguments that they've had, she still has hope. And I said, good for you. And then she is leaving to go home. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. There's, there's not a whole lot with, with them this episode, but yeah, that's it for Julio and Kirsten for this week. So last but not least, I believe, because it's the last couple, is TJ and Kimberly. So we are back at this fight with Yash, is his brother's name, and Oh boy, he says, you know, she says again, like, don't call me stupid. And he says, well, fine, you're the wisest person. Are you happy? And he starts calling her Einstein. He's very patronizing. And she says, she says, like, this is constricting to me. Like, what of that don't you understand? And she says, are you stupid? I'm like, oh. Ooh. And in her in the moment, she says that he is a typical Virgo. And they kind of says like he's you know stubborn, egotistical, or like whatever. And I said again, I know a Virgo. My my longest consider best friend is a Virgo. I've known her since I was nine years old. That's call it twenty plus years. She's nothing like this guy. Like I don't know, is it different for men? I don't know. But anyway. He asks, what is the meaning of marriage to her? And she says, Well, in my country it is a partnership, but here I guess it's not. And he says that it's more cultured and more mannered in India than it is in the U.S. And just like I said with Holly, I'm going to say it here, and she says it as well, how do you know you've never been there? Now, the U.S. is not cultured. <laughs> Let's just say North America in general. We're no more cultured than anywhere else. But for him to say that India is so cultured, does it have a culture? Yes, it obviously every country has a culture or whatever. But I'm like, what does this have to do with the the argument at hand? Just another way for him to say how I am better than you is basically what I think. He then asks, like, why do you love TJ? And she's like, I love everything about him. And he says, well, then everything means everything. So if he says that you can't cook garlic, then you don't cook garlic. 
and says that you have to compromise because he compromises. It is not a competition. So he says, you make him king and he will make you a prince. Oopsie, queen. That's literally like, he says prince. Oh no, I mean queen. And listen, is a relationship a compromise? I wouldn't even say, well, it's better than saying a sacrifice. So yes, it can be a compromise. Both parties should compromise. And I think within their relationship, they're trying their best to compromise with each other. But this man here, his brother, he there is no compromise. He doesn't care. His idea of compromise is that she bows down to TJ and the family. Um, and in terms of like, it is not a competition. I understand that as well. Um, but I just don't like your approach. So as he says, oops, I meant queen. He touches her. I guess like on the leg. And she tells him, please don't touch me. And he says, you can't talk to me like that, basically. And I said, wait, she can't tell you to not touch me? You're not her, her, you're not TJ. And even if TJ shouldn't touch her, she doesn't want to be touched either. But if a woman says, don't touch me, then sir, don't fucking touch me. And she says, I said, please. She says, if you'd rather me say, to not fucking touch me, then I will. But I didn't say that. He then, in this moment, decides it's a good idea to bring up the fight that she had with TJ and saying, like, I was silent. We'll continue being silent. And he says, you will only gain drama because that's what you want. He doesn't care, basically, that they love each other because she says, like, I sorry to tell you I love him and he loves me and you know, I'm not going anywhere. And Ihash says, I think in, his, in the moment, says like, I wanted things to be a lot simpler. And he says like, he doesn't care about her. She says, I don't care about you. And he says like, you are not doing, like, you're not here for TJ. And she says, I don't even want to be here. She doesn't like India, guys. But I'm here for TJ. He's the only reason that I have to deal with you and your parents. And I said, ooh. I mean, his parents seem lovely. It's this jackass that seems to be the problem. And he says that the only reason I have to tolerate you is because of him. And he says, I have to tolerate the garbage above our heads. That's fucking low. That's so low and truly unnecessary. Scott, I wonder why you're single. Then she says, you know what? Like a, mm, this hit really good. 
She says, you know, it takes trash to no trash, don't it? (laughs) He really didn't have much of a comeback to that. But he says, ultimately, TJ has to leave you in order to be happy. She laughs. He mocks her. Yash. And she says that he has to make himself happy. Like he has to find his own happiness. I can't do that for him. No one can. Yash basically repeats what he says again. And she says, obviously, I literally just said that. And he says, you don't deserve love. And she says, you don't either. (laughs) And Yash says, you abuse TJ and my family. And he says, if you can't respect, then get out of our house. Wow. Really and truly wow. She says, you don't know who I am. And at that point, she gets up and she walks away. She says, I'm, I'm here because I love him. I love TJ. But she feels like she has to kind of walk on eggshells around kind of when it comes to his family. And she kind of has to do like everything that they want her to do. He says that no one, Yash, in his kind of interview with the producers, said that no one would have agreed to this marriage if TJ wasn't so adamant. And he says that the way she is behaving, it will just make things harder. And he says, like, she has to go. We cannot handle you, he says. Do you mean you can't handle her? You can't speak for other people. You can only speak for yourself. Um, and he says he will never be in favor of them staying together. I don't even know if he has a say. But anyway. In the next scene, we see TJ is going to do some mediating between these two people. And Yash is not all excited. He doesn't want to do this. Um, But they do go. They're going to go somewhere else and have some chai. And TJ says, like, neither of them can ignore the other person. It's just going to make things really difficult. And Yash says her fear when it comes to these rules is the issue. And she feels like she just isn't able to express how she feels. Yash said you have to compromise. Only then will this marriage work. TJ says everyone has a different perception. Kimberly has her perception. You have yours. And Yas says, it is entirely your decision, Kimberly. And he says, like, you know, it's your life. But ultimately, it can hurt the relationship. And again, he's talking about their, like, TJ and Kimberly's relationship. He then says she is the sun and everything has to revolve around her. 
And I said again, just so condescending. He says, I am independent of everybody else. So I will act how I want to act, basically. He says that if you are getting more, TJ says that you are getting more active than her. And he says, because she is pretending to be calm. And I said, okay, although Kimberly had some choice words for this jackass, she was still fairly calm throughout the entire exchange. It was him that wasn't. That's what he's not realizing. Or he's just clearly incapable of realizing. And then to say that she's pretending like, oof. He says, basically, like, you started it like a fucking two-year-old. TJ says, like, basically, you have to fix this. And he also says, like, he's still blaming Kimberly for everything. TJ tells Yash, like, you need to listen, or you might as well just go home. And Yash, he says, then... It's resolved. I have no issues. Again, like a little condescending little bitch. And Yash says, like, I'm fine with her. And, you know, is that fine with you? That I'm fine with it. And she says, well, the way you're acting right now, no. But it's okay. And Yash just keeps talking about, you know, her attitude. And TJ says, you also have attitude. Kim basically says, like, she's happy that TJ has her back in this moment. She wants to feel like a family with everybody. But the way things are going, that's probably not going to happen. TJ says that Yash is acting stubborn. And Kimberly says, I can only express my truth, which is another, like, there's just some medicine here. And when someone says, like, express my truth, it's like, I'm going to be a bitch, you're going to handle it. <laughs> and Yas says, yeah, with more tears. So you're trying to tell me that a woman can express her emotion, and if her expressing that emotion is crying. It's a problem. This man needs to stay far and clear from women and children. So, he thinks Kim is manipulating. I said, mm, you're kind of manipulating as well. He is saying that he's not going to start blaming DJ because, God forbid, DJ's not on his side. And he says it's not going to be good for the family. And he says that she doesn't deserve respect or love and right to her face and to TJ. And he says, like, it's not that she doesn't deserve it from either him or the family or the parents. And TJ says, how can you rope our parents into this? They're not here. They don't have the issues. You do. And he says, well, I am the bridge. 
of this family. And I said, um, I'm going to have narcissistic for about 400 Alex. What the fuck is this? You're the bridge of their family. So let me guess. I guess the bridge is just going to collapse when it comes to Kimberly. You fucking turd. Anyway. At that point, Josh, he gets up and he walks away. So this is clearly not resolved. Um, He better just learn to live with it. Because if they get married at the end of this week, because it's six days away from the wedding, we're going to definitely see them on a future season (laughs) if they don't resolve this. Anyway, that is it for TJ and Kimberly this week. So next time on, we see Kirsten is telling her friend that he doesn't want to, you know, move to the Netherlands. And she says, it will be over if he doesn't. And I said, thank the Lord. Wayne, we find out, he put 40000 fucking dollars forty thousand dollars into crypto you stupid 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 like this is why men shouldn't handle finances on their own this is so ridiculous and i i think my understanding is that this is their honeymoon money so she's pissed armona's mom she asks about how the clinic visit went. And, you know, Kenny is now starting to question whether or not he is the right person for Armando. And I said, don't you dare do that. Don't you dare do that. You're perfect for each other. And then we also see Brandon and Mary. They're going to church. And she literally tells him to not look at the girl's just like I told you. Ew. Day with Dayline. He's pretty done and over this now, and he tells her, I sh- very sternly too, I should be able to talk to anyone without leaving you. Y'all, she is crying to the point that she says, I cannot breathe. We definitely needed a week away from Brandon and Mary. Just a, just so I can breathe. But that is it for the other way this week. You should be getting Last Resort tomorrow. I'm hoping Friday at the latest. Um, but yeah, for those who didn't watch Last Resort, I hate how good it was. So, yeah, we will have some announcements um, in terms of how we'll cover the show on the show itself. Um, but again, if you didn't watch it, it's actually good. And I hate, I hate that it's good, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have to apologize. But anyway... So, if you liked the podcast, please share the podcast with everyone in your life. 
Make sure you hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss a single episode. You can also rate and review us, which we would greatly appreciate on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're an avid YouTube user, you can listen to these episodes on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by following us on either Facebook, Instagram, or threads at Reality Tea Times 2. You can also email us at realitytimes2 at hotmail.com. We have a website where you can also listen to all of these episodes, as well as get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. And that is at realitytimes2.olutu.com. All of that information will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye. Have you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for our editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with the Ludo, you can create clips, you can do your ads, just like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Ludo to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Ludo by using our unique link, which you can find on our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software.